Welcome to Career Beats, 20-minute talks to navigate the new career development paradigm, hosted by Carmen Gonzalez, coach and career advisor at Isada Careers. Hi, listeners. I'm Carmen Gonzalez, Associate Director of Esade Careers, coach, and passionate about unlocking talent. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. We all know by now that improving equality, diversity, and inclusion in the workplace is crucial. It has been proved that organizations that put into practice real DEI programs have better shareholder returns, are more innovative, make better decisions, and have happier cultures. However, not all companies are walking the talk. According to research, 65% of people think their organizations are not diverse and inclusive enough. On the other hand, more than 80% of people say that they want to work for a company that values diversity and inclusion. So what can we do so those numbers match more? It is clear that if you want to do great business, focusing on DEI is essential. To understand more about this topic, we have the absolute pleasure of talking to Kushal Kandar, a diversity, equity, and inclusion trailblazer. Kushal is the Global Pride at BCG Manager at Boston, Boston Consulting Group, based in London, and is currently shaping BCG's global LGBTQ diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. Prior to this, he spent about six years as a management consultant at BCG, advising consumer goods companies, financial institutions, and the public sector across five countries, during which he also headed the Pride at BCG network in India. He has co-authored and contributed to various LGBTQ-themed thought leadership reports, Why the First Year Matters for LGBTQ Employees, and Fostering Pride in Higher Education. He was included in the Outstanding 100 LGBT Future Leaders Role Model List supported by Yahoo Finance in 2020 and 2021. Wow, Kushal, what an honor to have you. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's our pleasure to talk to you about this important topic. So Kushal, tell us, about, tell us a bit more about your role at BCG. How did it start and how did you decide to lead the global LGBTQ strategy? Yeah, sure. Um, sounds good. So, you know, uh, a quick background, of course, of, uh, like you mentioned, you know, I used to be a management consultant. Uh, I did that for almost five to six years. And and one of my magic time hats, uh, you know, is, is a BCG terminology. It's extracurricular activities that we do was heading the Pride Network in India. And mm-hmm. I think while doing that, uh, the Pride Network had such a profound impact in my own journey. Uh, you know, of coming out, of uh, being and bringing my authentic self to work, that I really saw the benefits and the potential the network had uh, in actually shaping and making an impact in the lives of people. So, you know, when the role was advertised in about early 2020, I, um, yeah, I I think it just resonated a lot with me. I really wanted to do something and give back uh, and hopefully create the sort of you know, magic that the network created for me, for other people as well. So that for me was a starting point. Uh, mm-hmm. And I started this role in June of 2020. It was a new role in BCG. So I'm actually the first person in it. 
uh, and it's been a real privilege and honor to actually uh, have this portfolio with me now. So that's how it started. Uh, to your other question around what it actually involves, so, you know, like you mentioned, at a very high level, yeah. uh, I, I actually own a sort of shape the global LGBTQ diversity, equity, inclusion, or DEI strategy and work and help implement it. Uh, and what that means in actionable terms is actually, you know, six action areas. And, you know, as a consultant, I would have loved to show you a slide uh, had you been on video. But <laughs> I just consultants love uh, slides, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so the six areas are, you know, first we start with, uh, I mean, my portfolio includes, you know, making sure we're getting diverse workforce in BCG. So people from the LGBTQ community. Secondly, you know, ensuring safety and security in terms of, you know, are we offering the best HR policies uh, for our LGBTQ community? And also, are we being true to our values globally? You know, because navigating a topic like LGBTQ is not very straightforward in many countries around the world. But diversity is a BCG value. So, you know, finding that right balance of being true to our values, you know, and customizing our approach in various countries. That's the second thing. And the third thing is inclusion and psychological safety. So, you know, in the day-to-day -day lived experience of people uh, from the LGBTQ community, how do they feel comfortable enough uh, to bring their authentic selves to work, you know, through training, sensitization of the broader teams and leveraging allies in our journey as well. So mm -hmm. that's the third pillar. The fourth thing is creating community and affiliation. So this is bringing together this absolutely fantastic network of, you know, eight, more than 800 people around the world, uh, providing them opportunities to connect, to find mentorship, to create friendships within the network. Um, the fifth thing is mentorship. Um, so we actually have a bespoke mentorship program for people from the LGBTQ community at BCG, where we pair them with senior people from the network to help them navigate complex questions they may have in you know, their professional or personal lives. And lastly, uh, societal impact. So how do we articulate our values as a firm also externally? So you know, helping uh, and partnering with civil society organizations uh, to articulate our values and support for the broader LGBT movement more broadly, working with clients to make them more LGBTQ inclusive, uh, you know, co-authoring thought leadership reports. So all of these things which go beyond just the four walls of BCG. Uh, that's also part of my remit. Um, yeah, so I think that's, yeah, that's broadly my role. I'm happy to deep dive into any if you like. So creating opportunities and sense of belonging for everyone, right? Exactly, yeah. So Krishal, let's take a step backwards. How would you define diversity, equity and inclusion? And how do they integrate with each other? Yeah, that's a very good question. So what I would say is diversity is, you know, like um, think of it as a quantitative measure of how, how many people you have from different backgrounds, right? So what is the proportion of your population from the LGBTQ community, uh, you know, those who identify as women, people from ethnic minorities, etc. So diversity is a fact. It's a numerical fact uh, through all its intersectionalities uh, of how diverse your population is. Right. Uh, then we move on to inclusion. So the way I look at inclusion, it's, you know, uh, what is the day to day lived experience of employees? So, you know, in the course of one's employment, you know, you may have 100 to 1000 daily interactions with other people, you know, be it your colleagues, your vendors or your clients. Mm -hmm. so, you know, how positively each of these touch points reinforces the idea of inclusion and the idea of accepting or even celebrating, you know, unique identities of people, that for me is inclusion, right? 
Amazing. And, I like that celebrating. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe if I were to give, make this real for you, like you know, if I'm talking to someone who's you know uh, a colleague or, or a client, uh, are they making assumptions about the gender of my partner or my gender? Right? Do they have certain uh, preconceived notions about what? I am because of my ethnicity or because of the fact that I'm from a certain country, right? So all of these things for me define these thousand daily touch points is what we call it in BCG, uh, which reinforces the idea of inclusion. And then lastly, um, equity, like, so I look at equity as, you know, providing and even creating opportunities, which recognize the fact that certain sections of the population have had, uh, you know, barriers or structural disadvantages, uh, which need to be corrected, right? So just making sure that you have the relevant processes in place to make, to help people progress in their careers uh, while recognizing and solving for these barriers. So I think those are the sort of three pillars I look at and the way they come together is, you know, diversity is getting uh, people of different backgrounds through the door into the company um, inclusion is making sure their day-to-day lived experience is great, uh, and equity is making sure you provide the right support to help them progress in their careers uh, once they're at the company. So I think, yeah, that's how these three interact. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. I think it really clarifies. I completely agree, and I think that definitely without equity, efforts to promote diversity and inclusion are not sustainable. So the three terms need to integrate with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And Kishal, how can students find employers that are diverse, equitable, and inclusive for the LGBTQ community? Yeah, yeah. So I think before I answer that, I just want to say that from my own experience, I think it's extremely important uh, to keep this in mind. You know, we often think about roles and, you know, pay, et cetera, as key criteria for selecting jobs. I mean, from my experience, I know that uh, inclusion can actually have a very fundamental and profound impact on, on the lived experience that you will have as an employee at a company, right? So if you do have the choice, I would say at least keep this criteria in mind while selecting where you work. And how do you identify employers who are inclusive? I'd say, I think the first point would just for me be the website of the, emplo- of the, uh, the employer or potential employer. And I think while you look through, you know, the website or even web searches, it's very important to have a lens of is the company walking the walk uh, and not just talking the talk. Yeah. So, you know, actually look for very concrete examples of, you know, does does the company have uh, an LGBTQ ERG, right? How many members does it have across the world? How many countries is that present in? Uh, what are its HR policy offerings for the LGBTQ employees, right? Do they have equitability for same-sex, same-sex partners and support for, you know, gender affirmation, et cetera? The third thing is, does it actually invest resources? So, you know, like, um, does it do original research? Uh, is there a DEI team? You know, is it a global pride manager for that yeah, organization? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, does it sponsor events, et cetera? So does it actually walk the walk? I think that can be... Uh, you know, a very good indicator. Uh, And in addition to that, I think now with social media, et cetera, there's also so many testimonials available on companies. So I think all of these can really inform a decision uh, or at least help indicate what an employer would be like. But I'd say that's just one part of it, right? That needs to be corroborated. Uh, So the second thing I'd say is also look for 
rankings and uh, awards. You know, there's the HRC ranking for various employers. There's the Pink News Award. There's all of these various things that many countries have, which actually help identify where a company stands in its LGBTQ journey. So those are very good indicators as well. And I'd urge, you know, students to actually look at them and seek them out. And lastly, and I think also most importantly, I'd say just talk to people, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, as a pride manager, you know, we actually have a dedicated inbox, prideatbcd.com, where I literally get emails every other day saying, hi, I'm LGBTQ. I'd love to find out more about consulting from an LGBTQ lens. Can you connect me with someone? And I always do. So I think just write to people, you know, um, if the company doesn't have a formal inbox, write to people on LinkedIn, et cetera. But talk to people. I think that can give a very good flavor on, you know, what this daily lived experience at a company could be like. Definitely. I think that's a very important advice. And I think it's something to keep an eye during the recruitment process in general and something to talk about during interviews, right? Because Absolutely. interviews are a very important uh, opportunity for uh, candidates to learn a little bit more about the culture of the company that you're interviewing with. Okay. And making the right questions is important because you're. it's not only the company that is evaluating your profile, you're also evaluating the company that you're about to join to see if it's really the place where you want to develop your career, if it um, embraces the values that you, uh, that you have and that you want to fight for. So I think it's very important to be brave enough to ask um, some of these questions during the interview, right? Exactly. Be open about it to see if the company is actually... Uh, you know, changing the conversations in that regard. Yeah. And I think the interview itself also, you know, whether or not a candidate feels comfortable asking that question itself will be very telling of, you know, whether the interviewer is, you know, providing the right atmosphere and environment for, uh, you know, uh, the candidate to be their authentic selves at the interview. So, yeah, I mean, definitely fully agree with that. Uh, that's definitely a very good indicator. Yeah, absolutely. And how can LGBT employees bring their authentic selves to the workplace? We were talking about this uh, before, which is very important to yeah. uh, be in a place where you feel that you can bring your authentic self. I think that's one of the main objectives uh, in, in the workplace and in life uh, for everyone. So, you know, what do you think about this? How can students find employers that are, that are diverse? Yeah, so I think... In terms of bringing your authentic self to work, I think at the very outset, what I'd like to say is, you know, every person's journey is very unique. Um, and, you know, there's really no cookie cutter or standard answers. So it's very important for each person to take an informed decision on where they are in their journey and what they're most comfortable with, right? Because, um, yeah, uh, the same thing that may hold true for me may not hold true for someone else. So I think it's firstly very important to recognize that that difference of lived experiences does exist. Uh, and it's very important. Uh, having said that, what I'd say is through my own experience and, you know, my my interactions with people, I think the few sort of suggestions or recommendations or advice I would have is firstly and most importantly, just make sure uh, of safety and of mental health, right? So like when you choose or when you're thinking about should I come out or not, et cetera, like, you know, not all companies provide the right environment. Uh, so it's very important to have the angle of safety and mental health as a prime sort of decision-making criteria to make sure you're not putting yourself in harm's way one way or another, right? Uh, and if the company is that way, then of course, there's a longer term solve on is this the right employer for you, et cetera. 
But I think for me, at least, it's non-negotiable to think about mental health and safety while thinking about bringing your authentic self to work, right? Absolutely. The second thing I'd say is find a senior mentor uh, in the organization. And I personally feel that even for me has been extremely sort of, uh, you know, rewarding uh, in many ways, right? So firstly, no company I think is perfect. You know, everybody is on a journey. Uh, and while the probability may be different, like every company, there is a probability that some negative experience may happen, be it small or large. So when these things happen, right, what is it uh, the person can do? Uh, you know, there's always formal mechanisms of ombuds people, et cetera, in the company. But I find a lot of people are reluctant to use them because that become, you know, could become a big issue in their minds. Um, so like, Having the senior mentor can really help you navigate because they will have the relevant knowledge of the organization, the relevant pull required, and they will help you rectify the situation, right? So getting a senior mentor in my mind is extremely important. So that's the second thing. And lastly, what I'd just say is do what you feel is comfortable uh, in bringing your authentic self. Um, you are the best judge of your situations and your context. Don't ever feel pressured to either be out or not be out or to behave a certain way. Uh, just do exactly what you feel you're comfortable with. Um, yep. Yeah. I think I that's think advice. Trust yourself, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, when we talk about talking to uh, mentors, uh, senior people at the organization, I think that really helps also to foster the sense of belonging that we were talking about uh, before, which I think is very important. Brene Brown actually says that we need to do more than diversity, equity, and inclusion. We need to create real belonging in our corporate cultures. She actually talks about DEIB, uh, yeah. including sense of belonging, which I think is absolutely key. Yeah. So shall now I share uh, three questions that have been chosen by our students so you can give us a short and practical answer. Yeah, the first sure. question, do teams need to be trained to work with a DEI mindset? Um, short answer is yes, absolutely. I think, um, I think all of us are tuned to behave in a certain way. Uh, you know, we have biases, unconscious, subconscious, uh, stereotypes in our mind, etc. So there is definitely a lot of relearning to be done, uh, for which I think, yeah, I fully agree with that statement that I think teams should be trained to have a more DEI mindset. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And what are the benefits of applying DEI policies in the workplace? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, at BCG, we've done a lot of original research on the topic, uh, and we do know that there are very substantial real benefits of being diverse, equitable, and inclusive. So from an employee's perspective, we know that, uh, you know, LGBTQ employees who are not subject to discrimination or, you know, who can bring their authentic self to work are more productive, they are more creative, and they are also more able to form stronger friendships at work, you know, which has a direct implications on whether they fulfilled feel fulfilled at work or not. So that's from an employee's perspective. And of course, there's other things as well, but these are the key ones. And from an employer's perspective, we also know that being inclusive uh, actually helps or significantly improves your ability to attract talent and also to retain talent, right? So I think from both perspectives, it's very important. And of course, there's more macro things like, you know, there's we, we've seen correlations between companies that are LGBTQ inclusive, with financial performance, access to global yeah. markets, all these other 
broader macro things as well. And yeah, so I think it's definitely beneficial for a company to work on LGBTQ DNI. And there's actually data and statistics behind all of this, you know, which of course I won't get into now. But all of this is available on our website as well. If you like, feel free to read those reports. Uh, but it's very beneficial from an economic perspective also. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that's very important. But I think we need to evolve from transactional to transformational, right? And move uh, from the business case. But yeah. definitely, I think uh, also many customers want to do business with institutions that uh, they can relate to personally, right? Which requires a diverse staff and also a, manage, a, a diverse management team as well. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point on moving away from the business case, I think it's very well put. I think like, you know, for many companies, like even at BCG, you know, uh, diversity is defined as a core value. So for us, the model case itself is sufficient for us to want to work on the agenda. But we also recognize that there are many companies out there which are not, you know, uh, which need a business case to facilitate a discussion. So yeah. I think both of these need to go hand in hand, uh, depending on the context of the company. Uh, and both have merits, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very, a very good point. Thank you for that. And last question, are companies measuring DEI progress? And if so, how do they do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think companies definitely have started. Like, for instance, BCD itself in North America publishes an annual report of diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, covering all types of diversity, including LGBTQ, DNI. Um, so, yeah, they are measuring progress. Uh, what are the sort of metrics they look at? I mean, broadly, I'd say um, numerically, there's, you know, things like what is the representation of a certain population in various geographies and various seniorities, you know, et cetera. That's one thing. Secondly, what are you compare promotion, retention, attrition rates uh, between this population and a control group to see, you know, are there any, do we see any patterns there which are worrisome? Uh, and there's a new, I mean, there's numerous statistics uh, that a company can actually run, but I think these are the key ones. Uh, but once again, that's numerical. Then there's another thing, which is what is the lived experience like? So like, you know, there's actually companies doing global surveys of all employees on how they are feeling. And of course, then there's specific lenses applied there from an LGBTQ perspective as well to see how that population is faring in terms of just feeling fulfilled at work, feeling challenged at work in terms of, you know, intellectually, are they getting the right opportunities to grow, et cetera. So yeah, to summarize, I think companies are increasingly measuring it from a numerical perspective and also a lived experience perspective. That's amazing, thank you. And now I'd like to continue with some career advice from your side. What would be your main piece of advice for our students to build a strong career related to DEI or in general? Yeah, I mean, what I'll say is two things. Firstly, find an employer whose values resonate with you. Uh, and secondly, find a job uh, which gives you meaning. I'd say these two things for me have really made a profound difference and that'll be my advice for others as well. That's amazing. And I'm sure that our students will be eager to find out more about you. So where can they find you? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm available on LinkedIn. If you just look up my name, Kushal Khandar BCG, you should be able to find me. So feel free to yeah, connect with me there. Uh, very happy to connect with people across the world. Perfect. Kushal, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been a real pleasure discussing such an important topic with you and getting to know your views on it. Thank you for your contribution to a more diverse world where the ugly feeling of not fitting in doesn't exist anymore. Thank you. We need more Kushals in this world.
Thank you so much. That's flattering. Uh, it was a real pleasure speaking. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. It was really nice being with you today. And the career beat goes on next month. In fact, our next episode will be the last one of the season, so don't miss it. And as for the perfect way to wrap things up, we'll talk about how to find your ideal job with Carol Vian, career coach, writer, consultant, and human-centric activist. She will walk us through the process of finding your ideal job and how this is more about finding who you are, what you want, and how to take care of yourself. Looking forward to seeing you in our next episode of Career Beats. Keep your career beating. Tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for a monthly dose of career stories, advice, and trends.